More details emerge about the deadly attack on U.S. forces in Jordan. What will a U.S. response from the Biden administration look like as tensions swell in the region? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. We will not tolerate continued attacks on American forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend U.S. military men and women forward deployed. And we will do so at a time and place of our choosing. And Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin returns to the Pentagon following a prostate cancer diagnosis. What does it all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. First up, three U.S. troops were killed in a drone attack at a Jordan base on Sunday, and more than 30 are being treated for injuries. Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, Specialist Kendi Layden Sanders, and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffat were killed in the attack. U.S. Central Command said a large drone struck a base in Jordan. Two sources told the Associated Press that the attacking drone was mistaken for an American drone in the air at the same time. The base in Jordan is known as Tower 22 and is used largely by troops involved in the advise and assist mission for Jordanian forces on the Syrian border. Now you may be wondering, where did this attack in Jordan come from? And that's a fair question. A lot of our early bird brief podcast coverage has focused on either how troops are dealing with attacks from Iranian-backed militias or how they're on a mission to defeat the Islamic State. Of more than 150 attacks on U.S. troops in the Middle East since October 7th, all of them have either been on U.S. positions in Syria or Iraq. Dozens of other missiles from Iranian-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen have also been shot down by U.S. naval assets in the Red Sea. This was the first reported attack on Jordanian soil, where thousands of U.S. service members are frequently stationed. U.S. Central Command said roughly 350 U.S. soldiers are located at Tower 22 on the border with Syria. Jordanian officials claimed the attack originated from Syria. Throughout Sunday and Monday, U.S. officials were quick to call for a response for the attack. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin told members of a NATO meeting on Ukraine that officials in the U.S. will take necessary action. The President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. Another important story, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin returned to work at the Pentagon yesterday. He met with NATO Secretary General Yannis Stoltenberg after nearly a month's absence because of prostate cancer. At this important time, I'm glad to be back uh, at the Pentagon. I feel good and am recovering well, but still recovering. Uh, and I appreciate all the, the good wishes that I've received thus far. You may recall Austin was last in the Pentagon on December 21st. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer earlier in December and went to the hospital for a surgical procedure for the cancer on December 22nd. He worked the following week from home. Then on January 1st, he was taken by ambulance to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center after experiencing extreme pain. He stayed there for two weeks but didn't inform the White House on a lot of the details. He told President Joe Biden and other key leaders about his diagnosis only after he'd been in the hospital more than a week. Doctors at Walter Reed said that on Friday that Austin's prostate cancer diagnosis is excellent and no further treatments will be needed. Austin's lack of disclosure on the issue, though, prompted changes in federal guidelines about communicating the whereabouts of cabinet officials. And the event also triggered an internal Pentagon review and an inspector general review in the department's notification procedures. Both reviews are ongoing. 
Also on your radar for today, Jack Lowe, a teenage honorary Marine, died on Friday. He was 17. Lowe was five years old when he wanted to become a Marine. His father said he was a disciplined kid, a good swimmer, and a straight-A student. Lowe was diagnosed in March 2022 with a rare form of bone cancer and had been deemed cancer-free after six months of treatment. But in August 2023, the cancer returned and Lowe was diagnosed as terminal. The Marine Corps learned through Lowe's neighbor and his godmother that Lowe had waited to be a Marine since he was five. He was sworn in as an honorary Marine on November 1st. His father, a Marine Corps veteran himself, placed the Eagle, Globe, and Anchor insignia into his son's hand. The day before he died, he spent the day with his family and friends. And now here are some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. In case you missed it, the Biden administration approved the sale of F-16 fighter jets to Turkey after the Turkish government's ratification this week of Sweden's membership in NATO. In case you missed it, the U.S. and Iraq held a first session of formal talks Saturday in Baghdad aimed at winding down the U.S.-led military coalition formed to fight the Islamic State group in Iraq. Yemen's Houthi rebels said they attacked a U.S. Navy mobile base at sea yesterday without offering evidence. It was immediately rejected by an American defense official. It comes after a Marshall Islands flagship was hit by a missile over the weekend. And in case you missed it, the Navy said it will allow those without a high school diploma to enlist as long as they score a 50 or higher on the Armed Forces Qualification Test that all prospects must take. And on this day in history, in 1972, British forces shot civil rights demonstrators in Northern Ireland in an event that became known as Bloody Sunday. Thirteen people were killed and many others wounded. It's widely seen as one of the darkest days of the Northern Ireland Troubles. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com ebb to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and comment wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zimone Z. Perez. Today's episode featured stories by John Simpkins, the Associated Press, and Irene Lowenson. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.